Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. So for this week's episode, we have on Daniel Barella, who uh, came and talked to us about the Blue Lantern Corps comic series characters stuff. Yeah, just, just the lanterns in, in general a little bit, but specifically yeah. the Blue Lanterns. Do, do you have any personal history with, with the Lantern Corps in any sense? I really don't. I think we talked about it actually in the interview. The yeah. sort of closest I ever got was um, watching the old Justice League cartoon. So with, I think it had Jon Stewart as a Green Lantern and that was yeah. basically it. That's kind of, I was never really into D at all um not for any particular reason but i just never touched any of that stuff so yeah for a long time there was a pretty big dc marvel divide i don't think so much anymore but right yeah i mean i i was the same way i i have read a fair amount of green lantern comics but they were mostly the original green lantern comics the really old ones i had one of those a couple of those big omnibuses omnibi oh sure yeah (laughs) like the original (laughs) the original comics and and i and i was familiar with the film because I was really into alternate reality games for a while, and they they did one that was actually really cool before the movie came out. At the time, we we didn't initially even know what it was for. You had to guess what it was for. But yeah, we actually wound up doing scientific research for NASA, so I have a certificate... Yeah, th- for real. I have a certificate from NASA for as part of participating in an advertising campaign for the Green Lantern movie, the uh, largely failed Green, Green Lantern movie. Um, Rest in peace, Green Lantern movie. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, you did your best. You just were given a poor hand. Yeah, you know, I was at the I was at the Comic Con panel for that film, and um, I don't really remember much about it or the movie for that matter. But um, <laughs> I do remember um, that a little kid came up and asked, like really young, like five or six, and asked Ryan Reynolds um, if he knew the the Green the Green Lantern pledge, and and he said, well, yeah, but everybody has to do it with me. So for this little kid, Ryan Ryan Reynolds did the from memory. I might I might give him credit for that. It's not super long, but yeah. still, he did the Green Lantern pledge with with everybody in Hall H, so like sixty five hundred people or however many of them actually knew the pledge, which I did, uh, and that was that was really cool. So you know, even even when something doesn't seem like a commercial success, good things can still come out of it because I'm sure that was a big deal for that kid. Yeah, that was a big deal to me right now. <laughs> I'm having. <laughs> Uh, any stories with like kids and like comics and yeah. stuff this always gets me like oh it's yeah. so it's all so good yeah and the pledge is is powerful stuff you know i mean i think it's yeah. um, I, it was a it was a good experience for for everyone i think so yeah and 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 that kind of bigger meaning is something that we really talk about a lot in this interview so yeah. let's go to that now yeah thanks daniel for agreeing to uh come on and be interviewed by us, I guess. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, if you want to just sort of introduce yourself, talk about maybe what you do, and and uh, talk about what you're going to be bringing to the table today. Yeah, so I'm Daniel Barwella. Um, I currently work at Maximum Fun. I do operations there, um, but I'm here today to talk about the Blue Lantern Corps of the DC Universe. I have some familiarity with like DC Comics. I'm more of a Marvel person, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's not like contentious or anything. I don't think it uh, should be. <laughs> but I never I I was like aware that there were other lanterns cuz obviously like Green Lantern is the one that yeah. most people know, and mm-hmm. I was aware that there were other colors, mm-hmm. but uh I have no idea beyond that. 
So, uh, could you give like a brief, maybe sort of like a brief overview for someone who might not be familiar with what the Blue Lantern Corps even is? So, yes, definitely the Green Lantern or Green Lanterns are the most famous of that whole thing of the DC Universe. Green Lantern started in the, I think, Golden Age of Comics probably, so it's probably been around for like 60 or 70 years at this point. Uh, maybe even longer. Um, but the Blue Lantern Corps and the other Lantern colors only appeared in comics starting about 10 years ago. The thing about the Lanterns, um, all of the various Lanterns, is that they have these power rings that allow them to create constructs out of what they define as light. I, I don't think it's actually light because they have like <laughs> some sort of force field element to them or whatever. And all of these rings are powered by emotion. So mm-hmm. Green Lanterns the most famous one, are powered by their willpower, like sheer determination and force of will. Uh, And Blue Lanterns are powered by hope. And that's, like, the thing that is most fascinating to me about them and, like, what makes them so appealing to me. Yeah, so of the other colors, there's Mm -hmm. also red, and red are kind of... The Red Lanterns are sort of the the default bad guys, although I know it's a little more complicated than that. So the Blue Lanterns, are they also considered sort of good guys by default? Yeah, they're generally allies of Green Lanterns. Like, when a Blue Lantern is within some sort of proximity to a Green Lantern, it actually makes Green Lanterns stronger, because when you're... Uh, when there's like powerful fo- force of hope, um, along with determination, it I guess it really kicks things up and really makes things effective. Yeah, that's cool. That just got me for a second. I like know <laughs> nothing. Like genuinely, I was just like, for, like in my head, I was just like, oh yeah, Green Lantern uh, makes like stuff with light and like big fists and things. Never knew <laughs> any of that like underlying information. So I just got a little like, oh, that's so meaningful and nice. <laughs> like that just really got me for a second. <laughs> I didn't know much about Green Lanterns until about ten years ago when I saw there were different colors. And I wasn't even a comic book reader at the time, but I thought, why are there different colors? And I just really felt compelled to look into it. And then I saw like, oh, they were based on different kinds of emotion, and. I thought that hope was really appealing, and then it's what made me take like a deep dive into all of this. Yeah, I was gonna say, was this sort of uh, what sparked you getting into comics in general, or uh, were there other like? Because you said you didn't really read comics beforehand. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't read comics beforehand. I so yeah, this is what got me into comics, and it turned out to be um, a hobby I really got into because, like, for me this was the most compelling part of the DC universe. And like, yeah, I saw Batman and Superman growing up, but it never really inspired me to read comics or anything like that until these came out. So how did you, how did you start in comics? Like, did you walk into a comic shop and say, I'm kind of curious about Blue Lanterns. Can you, can you give me some recommendations? What was the, like the first thing that you read? That was kind of what I did. Um, I must've just seen an image or something on the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. And I knew there were Blue Lanterns, and I knew that's what they were called. I didn't know, like, what I should be reading for it. I went into a local comic book shop. I said, you know, I'm interested in these Blue Lanterns. What can I read? And they said, those aren't out yet. <laughs> that's, like, something that's happening next year. <laughs> so then I ha- had to start reading Green Lantern comics instead. But it was something they had already been, like, building up. 
in the comic mm-hmm. books. So I started reading the Green Lantern comics, which had just gone through a reboot, which is why they were like introducing this new myth of the different colors and different powers. So I started reading there. That would have been not long after the release of the, the film, right? The film version of Green Lantern? Uh, it was just before. When you got... It was just before that. So you said that the thing that really drew you to the Blue Lanterns in particular is that that's sort of the fact that they're powerful aspect is is hope could you talk a little bit more about why i mean obviously that's very inspiring but could you talk a little bit more why specifically uh this sort of series really drew you in um Hmm. Like, was there, like, maybe a specific character or, you know, a, a storyline that really sort of initially struck you that, that sort of, like, like obviously you had that moment where you're like, this is interesting and I really want to get into it, but where was the moment where it was like, oh, this is, like, I am into this? Yeah, so I think, I think the th- character that most compelled me about the Blue Lantern Corps was initially after its introduction, I was already reading it since I had to start with the Green Lantern books. But then they introduced the kind of like the head of the Blue Lantern Corps um, and they call him Brother Walker or Saint Walker. And when they told me his backstory, well, that's when I like realized like, oh, I think this is the story I've been waiting for them to tell. And I found it really compelling. Saint Walker is the first Blue Lantern. His powers like manifested or appeared when his planet was being destroyed from some sort of cataclysm, I think. Mm -hmm. And he was fleeing it along with his family. And he sees his whole civilization destroyed. Like, it's, it's falling and they're trying to get away. And because it's comic books, I generally expected that they would, but they Mm -hmm. didn't and you see him go through this like this deep sadness and this horrible tragedy that befalls him where he loses his family and his civilization but the thing that keeps him going and the thing that drives him is that this belief that all will be well and that becomes the mantra of the blue lantern corps all will be well and it is what creates a blue lantern ring and gives him his powers. And for him, it's not an idea, it's knowledge. The knowledge that all will be well is what powers him and keeps him going. And that's like what really made me fall in love with with Blue Lanterns. That seems like a really unlikely but interesting origin story for a character who's got a basis in hope to have them start from a place of real hopelessness. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, mean, that's sort of the the whole concept with the the Lanterns is that they're from all of these different places in the galaxy, right? But that there's something special about them that they're sort of chosen by this higher power, right? Yeah, that they're driven by... I mean, for various lanterns, that they're driven by whatever definitive emotion is of that color. Um, mm-hmm. So whether it's, if they're red, it's rage. If they're violet, it's love. Just like that, there's this, such a purity or ferocity of that particular emotion that can not just power them, but like, that allows them to channel these emotions through a, through a power ring. And mm-hmm. it creates, you know... They can create constructs and they can either fight evil or they can be evil, depending. The thing that I I think is, is so interesting is that everyone is so familiar. I think even if you're not really into comics, you know, if you see the Green Lantern, you kind of have an understanding of mm-hmm. that whole thing. So the fact that you're, you were initially drawn to what... I think probably some might consider like a deep cut mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of comics, especially in terms of like one of the big three, so DC, mm-hmm. uh, is is just 
is like I, I think it's just really cool because it's like oh you it's like you're basically going to like the back catalog of like a <laughs> of like a musical artist and, yeah. and like hopping over like the one hit wonders that they've had or like the you know whatever's been on the radio did you sort of then after getting into you know the blue lanterns and and following that storyline did you sort of spin off into any other uh series or are you still like pretty only solidly a comic reader in terms of this one particular unit no it definitely definitely spun me off into just the larger dc universe because when they introduced the blue lanterns they introduced like this whole kind of universe-wide story of all of the other colors which includes black lanterns which are essentially zombie versions like if a character has died sometimes they are brought back by a a black ring and they basically zombified the dc universe so it was like this mega crossover event and then i started just following all of these other characters and i started reading the batmans and the supermans and the flash and the wonder womans and then i stuck with it for as long as i could but it eventually became overwhelming and i had to like shrink back down right (laughs) yeah those those big event comic series things are are a lot to to deal with when they break off into so many different series Mm -hmm. and then you're supposed to be following the story and then you know anytime you're reading a comic book and there are footnotes that are like see whichever issue of this other series you're not reading to understand this line it can get to be a lot yeah like because it was my first big event i thought oh this is a special big event and i didn't realize comic books do this like every year (laughs) right (laughs) there is always a crisis on infinite earth it really feels like it (laughs) Let's reboot the universe again. Right, right. The last 52 <laughs> didn't work out. We need a new, yeah. new 52. <laughs> Do you find something particularly compelling about... Because you said you sort of started reading, you know, Batman and Superman. But those are those are all characters that, for the most part, stay the same. Like, mm-hmm. sure, Batman dies and then gets better. But um, versus <laughs> the Blue Lantern is sort of a group of people. Mm-hmm. Is there something that... Uh, is different about that for you or do you kind of do they kind of take up the same space in terms of like how invested you get in the characters so i guess this wouldn't necessarily apply just to blue lanterns but even the green lanterns which are more generally like you see more stories about them what i like about them is that even though there are some some staple characters there's always probably going to be a hal jordan who's like the number one green lantern that we see time and time again mm-hmm. it's time it, it's they sometimes try to introduce new green lanterns to be the star which is an effort that i think they at least hope will work out like for me they don't really seem to ever plan on killing off bruce wayne or uh, Clark Kent, like there's always going to be that same Superman, that same Batman. Mm -hmm. They at least try to make an effort of being like, maybe someone else is going to be Green Lantern. And I think in the 90s, they did for a little bit. Like it seemed like Kyle Rayner was going to be the star Green Lantern. And then Mm -hmm. because it's a comic book, they end up resurrecting the other characters anyway. But it seemed like there was a sincere effort to pass on the title. And I appreciate that because... It's an ongoing story, and it should feel like things change. I mean, I was even going to say, like, I was trying to sort of dig back and think. I don't even think I considered Hal Jordan as a character, because my first introduction to any of the Lanterns was, um, oh, Jon Stewart, I think? Was it, was it on the Justice League TV show? Probably. Yes, he's right. Um So I didn't even think, like, I was like, I don't even know who Hal Jordan is, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, like so. it's kind of it's it's more like with Doctor Who or something. Mm-hmm. I think that people people have a, a Green Lantern that they encountered first, and and that's often the one that's sort of their favorite iteration. Yes, over the others, definitely. 
And, like, I think everyone just... Sure, there's been, like, another Batman for a hot minute now and again, but everyone knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Well, the the, the Green Lantern stories and just the Lantern Corps mm-hmm. in general, they tend to be a little bit more interested, it seems like, in, in ensemble kinds of stories, mm-hmm. that it's it's not just about, like, the one hero. Do you feel like that, you know, you said you have a favorite character, you have a favorite Lantern, but... Do you do you have a, a an interest just in their storyline, or are you really in it also for the interaction with other characters? Um, I'm also definitely in it for the interaction with other characters because these characters are intrinsically part of a group. They're part of a Lantern core. I think that's. I think it's important for these characters to be able to interact with others and not just have the brunt of whatever's happening happened to them alone. They're part of a core. These are shared experiences among a variety of characters. Uh, They don't all have the same backgrounds. They don't all have the same race, whether that's like an alien race or they're not even all the same human nationalities um, when there's multiple humans. And I think it's important to show that like you can have all these varieties of characters work together and utilize um, similar power sets in different ways and that they've come to this power so for what i mean by that is like for the blue lanterns they've all come to hope in different ways or they've all come to willpower in different ways if they're the green lanterns or like earlier we mentioned that the red lanterns are often the baddies because Mm -hmm. they're fueled by rage but sometimes they're not there's one of the red lanterns is just it was a house cat from london I was going to say, think. I remember that story. Yeah, it might a, not have been from London, but it was definitely House Cat from Earth. And it got a power ring because it was an abused cat and it saw its owner get like it was an a, abused house cat from the streets and it was adopted by like mm-hmm. a loving family. And then it saw that family get murdered and it got a power ring. And like, that's first off, that's just a really weird story. Like no one wants <laughs> there's I don't know if there's any other superhero house cats. There might be, but I don't know of any. But it's a house cat that's fueled by anger, but it's going to go. It wants to avenge its family and it wants to seek justice for everyone. So like being fueled by anger seems like a thing that's normally attributed to evil or to bad. But I think somewhere in this cat dexstar it's it means to do good even though it's like a rage kitty do you find that the the storylines in either in any of the the lantern core stories but i guess specifically too in the blue lantern core stories really try to explore some of that ambiguity in in terms of being fueled by an emotion or a or a feeling yeah i think i think they do because when you're fueled by an emotion or by a feeling sometimes you have to fight to maintain that it's easy to lose hope or it's easy to lose willpower at times. Like it's hard not to feel hopeless sometimes. Um, But it's for them, it's especially for them. It's something they need to fight through in order to keep their powers so they can do what they want to do or what they need to do, whether it's fight evil or save someone's life. Like if they lose hope, they literally lose the thing that they might need the most to keep themselves and others alive. They have to keep hope not in a superficial way but like in the most sincere way otherwise they lose it yeah they can't really trick a power ring with you know uh, a motivational poster or something yeah, like exactly. that right it can't be a platitude it has to be genuine like they have to feel it it can't just be like a hang in there kitty poster no. <laughs> on the wall it's like we got this guys no it's it's got to be the real deal wow that's really that's really heavy for a comic book i think for what a lot of people might consider sort of 
the standard fare of what you know comics quote you know are supposed to be but i mean i think i think all of us in the metaphysical room understand that comics are way more than that very often so yeah that's really cool is is that something that's that's come up as far as you being a fan of this do you have other people that you know who are really into the lantern corps in general specifically the blue lantern do you do you talk about this with other people are you on forums or what what's your relationship with with other people and your fandom if any i think i definitely have friends that read comic books and we talk about them generally but specifically about the Blue Lantern Corps, I don't think I've ever had a like a full conversation or explanation about the theory behind the core or why I like mm-hmm. the core or or anything like that. I think generally the Green Lantern stories aren't as beloved as like a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Like the movie was generally accepted as being pretty bad. <laughs> this is not not well reviewed. So. <laughs> Like, I get it, and definitely before I uh, read comic books, the Green Lantern was the one I knew because it was the only one that showed up in Justice League or Batman or anything. And it's still not... I don't think it's a big seller for DC. Like, definitely there's other titles that sell a lot more. Yeah, I don't... I don't think there's, like, a lot of... I think it's popular enough for DC, but Mm -hmm. I've never had big conversations about why someone might love the Green Lantern Corps, the Blue Lantern Corps, anything like mm-hmm. that. When going back to that sort of first moment when you were first getting into it and you like you said you walked you physically went to a comic book store mm-hmm. to, to look for it. And and granted the response was, hey that that's that's not out yet. But was there like any type of like, I don't know, like surprise that that was the thing you were looking for? Or how how did like I guess the staff react to to that kind of question, if you can remember? <laughs> I think their reaction is probably standard comic book store employee in that (laughs) either they know what it is and it's something they really like and they want to talk about it which is not what his was his was just like oh I think we have something like that it's over there oh okay (laughs) he pointed me towards Green Lantern which is fine but it was kind of indifference Mm-hmm. Which is the point? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting in, in comic book fandom. I think there's there are fans of pretty much everything, no matter how deep the cut is. But it's not always very easy to find those specific people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so broad. Yeah, like you never know what someone reads or what they don't like to read based on one thing they ask for. They might love it all, or they might hate it all, except for the flash or something are there are there multiple is it is it an on ongoing series is it one of those ones where it's like weaved into sort of a bunch of other issues of something else if you if someone wanted to start reading stories with the blue lantern core where where should they start basically yeah so they primarily show up as background characters or as woven into green lantern stories mm-hmm. so i think they first started showing up in an event called blackest night that might have been what it was called um, and that's yeah. when I started reading. Yeah, that's basically when they started introducing all of these other callers to the Green Lantern universe. And they hung around a little bit after that. There was like, it was Blackest Night, and then there was an event called Brightest Day. And I think they might show up now and again from time to time, but definitely that was the like, their big appearances. And when I think about it, that was kind of also just when I was the most into comics. Like, after that, Green Lantern started just focusing on Green Lantern stuff again. Um, for the most part. And then they just, there was like New 52 stuff. But the brunt of when I read comics was during 
this whole lantern super event. So we know what what made you go into the comic shop in the, in the first place to ask and say how how can I how can I start reading about these Blue Lantern folks? Was there a moment in those comics specifically that really stood out to you as a turning point where you're like, yes, this is the thing that I want to be interesting interested in? Is there you know some some plot development or a character moment that that really sold you on on them in particular? I think the thing that stood out to me most, other than the origin story of Saint Walker, which I described earlier was I don't remember the specifics anymore. Like, I don't even know what character this was. But there was someone that had a red lantern ring. So they were fueled by rage. And Mm -hmm. rage is what kept them going. And typically, for specifically for the red lanterns, if they lose their ring, they die. Like, it was a thing where their ring replaced their heart or something. So rage was keeping them alive and powering them. But somehow a blue lantern ring was able to heal them. And they didn't die after their ring left, which is just to say that hope replaced rage. And, like, that was the the nugget of the story, was that mm-hmm. hope healed their rage, which which had been the thing that was fueling them and keeping them alive. And to me, that that's just, like, that's what I love about the Blue Lantern Corps. It's that they're fueled by hope. And it keeps them going, and they're using it to help others, and they can save others with it. And that their belief is so strong in it. Of all the, I think of all the messages you can write into a series... I think that's a very important one to to really hammer down on. Um, and it really sounds like that, obviously, it struck a chord with you. Mm-hmm. But, heck, I, I want to read this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it seems very poignant. I think it's a really fun thing to read. And I think, especially when you contrast it with the other colors, which they did very quickly since they were all introduced pretty much in the same short time span, seeing how others use their powers versus how the Blue Lanterns use their powers. Um, because I also just remembered that, like, Blue Lanterns don't ever attack anybody. Like, Green Lanterns can create catapults and, like, jet planes that shoot light bullets? I don't know. They <laughs> they do some, like, weird fun stuff with that. But sure. Blue Lanterns don't ever just, like, attack anybody. It's all defensive or, like, they can boost a Green Lantern's power and the Green Lantern will do something. But the Blue Lanterns are never going to be the ones that are, like, making light spaceships that shoot people. And I think that's a great way to show their power. Like, it's not about making the thing that does the destruction. Like, maybe you can defend others with your strength instead. You're actually the the first person. So you're a third interview for this for this show, and you were the first person who's chosen something that was fully fictional. So we've we've had people, you know, they were sort of hobbies as opposed to like a fictional work or an mm-hmm. aspect of a fictional work that they were engaged with. And I noticed that you said that you're not really reading comics anymore, and I I understand that that's partially because the Blue Lanterns are not maybe as prominent now as they were at one point. But then that raises this question for me of what what about this made you think what made you want to talk about that now? How does this how does this these characters and this this aspect of this universe, how does this affect your life or your mindset? Like, what does this really mean to you on a level outside of it just being a comic book that you enjoyed reading? For me, it's that like it's something I've never forgotten how driven they were by by hope, like it's a concept that I just absolutely fell in love with. Like, you can't give up 
believing in a better future, or you can't ever stop thinking that all will be well because they can't let themselves despair. And I really, mm-hmm. really, I love that so much. It's just important, I think. I think especially when things look horrible, when there's just bad stuff going on out there. Like, I think it's important to remember that there's potential uh, in tomorrow and that it can be better and it should be better and that we can all work towards that. So Anne asked a really deep question and I'm (laughs) going to ask a really frivolous one. Yes, please. Uh, just to completely contrast it, <laughs> what what would your dream like project be in in like wanting to see these characters again, wanting to see them more, wanting to see these storylines explored more? Is it you know a comic series? Is it like like if you could have anything with these characters and this world? Like describe that. If I could have anything, um, hmm, I think it would have to be a comic series because I think that they're so perfect for that medium i think it would have to be a comic series of blue lanterns doing small things throughout the universe to make it better like not necessarily fighting evil or stopping robbers but like helping people in small ways throughout the universe like rescuing a cat from a tree or putting out fires which isn't a small thing that's not what i'm trying to say there but like (laughs) it's it's not what people think of when they think of superheroes. It's not saving a whole planet. Yeah, it's not saving a whole planet. And I think that would be fun, like saving a whole planet or defeating Lex Luthor. I think that's fine. Uh, like, would that would be every few issues, but most of the time it would be doing small things because I think that would be a good message to have in a Blue Lantern Corps comic book. It's that you can do small things to make the world a better place and you don't need to have powers to do it like they would have powers i guess but the point is that we can all do things to spread hope i guess that would be the project i think it would sell very poorly and i think i would be the only one who wants it but hey sometimes those are the best projects though i don't know if i have anything else and if you have maybe i have one although it may be too difficult a question to answer yeah give it a shot yeah what what would you do if you had a, a lantern ring who just whatever's first. It doesn't have to be large-scale plan. If you, yeah. If you've got... Or maybe you've only got it for a day and you can do one thing that matters to you. So the f- first part was easier. If I had one, like the first <laughs> thing I would do is a lot easier than if I only had it for 24 hours or for a day because then that All right, is... let's, let's... It's permanent then. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. permanent now. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, back, yeah. oh no, you only have this for so long. It's like, uh-oh, I guess I better do something big with it. Um, now the first thing I would do is just... I'd fly. I'd fly everywhere. Like, I'd want to just, like, fly around the world a few, like, zoom around in a way where if it were, like, a movie, you would just see that light streak going around Earth, Mm -hmm. and I would just, like, see it fly from space. That would be the first thing I did. And then I would probably have to find something responsible to do. (laughs) I think that's a fair answer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an understandable (laughs) impulse. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe work on a cool costume for a bit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> gonna get the That's look right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Do I want a mask? Do I want a cape? I don't know. Let's talk about branding. What do we want to do with this? How many logos <laughs> will I get sued? 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for for coming on and talking about this because I knew nothing yeah. about any of this. So this was this was fun for me to just be like, oh, this is a new thing that I that I definitely <laughs> want to get into. Thank you because it was fun. Where can people find you on on the internet? What projects do you want to plug? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. So I've got a podcast with my friend Katie, and we talk about Avatar The Last Airbender, and we're going through it episode by episode, and that's called Just Angin' Around, um, oh, and you can find name. that, <laughs> thank you, you can that's find fantastic. it wherever you find your podcasts. I have a web series I do with my friend Stacy, where we take one minute every week and try to smash a piece of candy, it's called Candy Crushers. Uh, you can find that on YouTube, and I think like Instagram and Twitter, and that's at We Crush Candy on various social media platforms. And I'm just on Twitter at Daniel B Tweets. And if you haven't checked awesome. out Candy Crushers, you should because it's it's like performance art at this point. Like that is like first <laughs> off, ama- it's it's an amazing idea. But second off, just like that consistency, it's so good. I enjoy it deeply. I mean, consistency is pretty easy when it takes like seventy seconds a week. <laughs> but still, it's the you know what? It's still dedication. Thank you. It's commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Thank yeah, you for thank having you. me. Really, it was a lot of fun. And I don't know, maybe stuff I said was like 25% wrong, but it feels right in my heart. <laughs> that's, that's what matters, you know? This is, this is not a, uh, a comic book ephemera podcast. Yeah, so you don't we're have not... to worry about, <laughs> please about don't your citations. T- anyone listening to this, whatever I got wrong, please just tweet at me. Do not tweet at them. <laughs> Take all your complaints, too. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can hit us up there or at our email, which is GuiltyTreasuresCast at gmail.com, or you can power up your ring and fly right over. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or if you didn't like the show, tell your long-established nemesis. And thank you to T. Dickinson for the iTunes review. Uh, It means a lot and it really helps the show out. So until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy.